All right, welcome to Hobby Time with Dirk Nashti. My name is Keith. I go by Dirk Nashti on Twitter and Discord. And, uh, you know, I, I started this podcast basically just to get out some of my thoughts and research some of the things that I, that I do on my own, sort of out of my head on the hobbies that, you know, I enjoy participating in. So primarily right now, especially that's basketball, sports cards, NFTs and digital collectibles and, you know, a little bit in crypto as well. I'm one of those people who just likes data. So I, I do a lot of work for fun, basically trying to gain an edge essentially through, you know, reviewing and pouring through the data and seeing, you know, seeing where there's a, an opportunity. And, you know, I thought I'd share that with, with you all. I would love to hear your feedback and you can always reach me on Twitter at Dirk Nashti or you can email DirkNashtyPod at gmail.com and I promise I'll get back to you. All right, I'm back. It's been seven weeks. I can't believe it. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i nervous all over again. But anyway, so I, I, thought, I'd, I thought I'd catch up on, uh, I guess, where I've been, what I've been up to and uh, what I'd like to do you know, with this podcast. So over the last couple of weeks, I've been on a couple of different family vacations and a work trip. Both were great. Uh, I had a lot of good quality time. I got to see my daughter experience the ocean for the first time, which she loved. Uh, my work trip was the first time that I've I've seen a single coworker face to face since 2019 or so. So even before the pandemic. So that was great as well. It was, uh, it's almost like I forgot what it was like to see people in person. But But mostly... The last several weeks have been focused on summer. So while I work at home, in the summer, my my kid is home too. My wife, she's a teacher, so she's home as well, which means that any break time away from work where I might be, you know, checking eBay or researching card stuff or, you know, working on the podcast or whatever was consumed with family time, which is a-okay with me. I loved it. Uh, No complaints there, but it does mean that I had less time for uh, for some of some of the hobby stuff that I you know like to like to enjoy. Also, I mentioned that I took on a new role at work, which has been uh, great, but far more demanding of my time lately. Uh, so while I'm still getting things set up with my team and everything, I, I've been working a lot more in the evenings when I also might be doing more you know card or podcast stuff. So hopefully that starts to smooth itself out a, a, a little bit here in the future. Um. And then also content wise, like, you know, I say it in the beginning of every episode, but, you know, I started this one to learn a new skill, right? Podcasting, editing, etc. But also because I was doing a lot of research and wanted a, a place or, a, or a, an avenue to get that out. And, you know, I don't really see myself as someone who is or, or really even should be giving plays, right? Or, or just kind of talking a whim, talking on a whim about, you know, what I, what I think people should be doing, <laughs> Uh, there's far more experience and trusted people to get that kind of stuff from if, if that's what you're looking for. I mean, I listen to, I listen to podcasts and, you know, <clears throat> follow people on Twitter who do those kinds of things. And, uh, I just don't see myself as that kind of person. And I'm not sure that you should, <laughs> that you should see me as that kind of person either. Right. I just wanted a place to share like what I've learned and, and what I have researched that might benefit others as well. So, with having less time to do that, uh, I had less time for, for those that kind of you know research like data focused sort of projects. Um, in some ways, having less time has kind of shifted my approach to cards, in the in the near future, which which basically, like where before 
I plan to buy some stuff at what I thought were low prices and sell, you know, if I could get a 20 or 30% return or, or more. Um, I, I'm not as confident now that I'll be able to list things at the right times, or maybe I'll miss some, some news. Um, and it's forced me to kind of take a, a hybrid longer term approach to, to card collecting, which is probably what I should have been doing in the, in the first place, at least focusing more on long term. I've been heavily short term focused, uh, which is fine. And it's fun. It's definitely a lot of action. So if you're looking for the action, like I think, I think that's why the short term flips and trying to pick the right prospects and all of those kinds of things are, are super popular because it gives you a way to be involved all, all the time rather than just waiting for the card that you want to come up for auction or, uh, you know, saving who wants to save, right? <laughs> we want to spend and then try to, and then try to flip. So, you know, a few months ago I posted in the hoops and cards discord, uh, that I was looking to get into Jalen green and I was trying to find a cheap ish way to do it. That didn't involve things like Donruss or hoops, lasers and stuff like that. Just, trying to think of a different, you know, interesting way to do it. And I ended up in a conversation with my friend Nathaniel over at the Nashak Index. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, go go do it, Nashak, Nashak Index uh, podcast. <clears throat> and we were talking about base set, premium set cards. So I ended up getting an impeccable base numbered to 99 of Jalen Green for about $50 all in. I'm pretty sure, I haven't looked it up, but I'm pretty sure there's been some sold cheaper since then, right? So probably around the $35, $40 range. Once I received the card, right, I started kind of getting, a, I guess, a plan and vision was started sort of coming together for this sort of hybrid, less time-focused approach that, I, that I've got. One, the, the card itself has a great design. It's from a premium set, which is expensive. And when people crack these boxes, they're not... They're, they're disappointed with a, you know, non-auto, non-RPA, you know, base set card. Um, and again, you know, the, the, the highest numbered base set is numbered to 99. There are uh, several parallels and I'll, I'll get into that. So I, as I, once I got that card in hand, I started really, really liking it, especially for the price that I paid compared to other cards. And I, I started looking at Impeccable. So Impeccable... Hobby boxes are $2,000, right? $2,000 for a box of nine cards. That nine cards includes five autos uh, and four other cards. <clears throat> well, there's no way that I'd ever spring uh, for a $2,000 box of cards. Um, but the base cards on a thick premium stock with a great design, it, even including all the parallels, that brings the total to 294 base, non-auto, non-Jersey cards per player, period, 294. So doing some, some math, I was kind of just looking at this. I'm not sure how useful or beneficial it is to me or you, but there's something like two to three base numbered cards per box, all right? So 294 variations per player, 100 players in a set. That's 29,400 base numbered cards uh, produced at about say three three cards a box equals about 10,000 boxes at $2,000 a box that's about 20 million dollars in revenue uh, for the resellers right in terms of what is <laughs> what the I guess the market cap of 
impeccable uh, hobby boxes. It's about $20 million. So, like I said, I don't really know what to do with that. I just kind of thought it was interesting. Um, but I would definitely be willing to bet that if you summed up the market value for all cards produced by like in the impeccable brand, right? All the autos, all the RPAs, uh, the 14 karat gold, golds, the, the one of ones, I, I bet it would probably be actually more than $20 million. So if you want to play from me, like maybe here's the play, like buy and rip tons of $2,000 boxes and over time with enough volume, you should be in good shape. <laughs> um, that's a joke. Anyway, so I, I got my Jalen Green impeccable base numbered to 99 for about 50 bucks. That's all in after shipping. And for reference, the 2021-22 red prism numbered to 299. So again, there's 294 variations per player in impeccable. That's across all parallels. And uh, the, the red 299 uh, prism red prism out of 299 sold twice in the last week or so for about $700 each. That's 14 times what I paid uh, for mine. Um, but you might say, okay, well, that's a color match, right? Red prism, he plays for the Rockets. That's red. If I look at, say, the Evan Mobley red prism out of 299 that sold for $300 each. Um, and then even the Jalen Green Silver Prism sold for sells for you know about 150 or so, which is three times what I paid uh, for mine. We know from some of my recent episodes that there's probably upwards of 20,000 plus Silver Prism uh, cards per player produced each year. Uh, so that's 68 times at least 68 times more than all the numbered impeccable base and parallels. So put another way, the, the card that I got is at least 68 times more rare than a silver prism and costs one third of the price. Now, I, like again, I really like the, the card, and, but there is a rub, right? And the, the big rub is people like prism. People like shiny things. I like prism and I like shiny things, right? I'll, I've got several prism silver cards uh, of players that I like and I'm happy to hold on to. And I, I don't really see this changing, you know, in the next couple of years, you know, Prism kind of sits in this place where it's abundant enough to be accessible to most because it's got, uh, because it is accessible to basically all, all collectors. It's way easier to think about leveling up within the set itself, right? I've got the base. I want the silver. I've got the silver. I want the color match. I want the, I have the color match. I want the, you know, gold shimmer out of 10 or whatever, like whatever level you're at, you can find it in Prism, um, and because supply is high and demand is high, it's super liquid. So it's way easier to compare prices. It's way easier to sell at a profit. It's way easier to sell, period, I would think. Um, just because so many people are always constantly looking at Prism, it's available out in retail, right? Again, meaning that if uh, you know someone goes, someone who's not going to buy hobby boxes like me, for instance, goes to Target or Walmart, you might be able to pick one up or, you know, Best Buy or wherever you go to, to get your retail packs of cards. If you've got a, you know, retail or not a retail, a Prism, you know, Evan Mobley, maybe you want a Prism Jalen Green as well, etc. So again, super highly liquid. Um, but if I sit back and think about in the next 5, 10, 15 years, like which will hold up better, especially considering the cost, the current cost, like I, I think a great looking, solid, sturdy, rare card is more likely to win out uh, if shininess ever falls out of favor. 
you know, it might be a dumb comparison. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like a fashion person, but I'm more of a shorts and t-shirt guy. But if you like think, I'm thinking generations, right? Like, or at least five plus, probably closer to 10, 10 or more years. And I th- if you think about fashion and the, you know, from the eighties, nineties, aughts, and how drastically it shifts, you know, every 10, 10 to 15 years or so, or even less, Hell, you even see this in cards, right? Like where the cards from the 80s and cards from the 90s look completely different. Cards from the 90s were kind of a precursor to cards from the aughts. And then we've kind of been in this sort of holding pattern for the last 15 years or so with shiny, shiny cards, right? Refractors, hollows, silvers, etc. I I don't know. I, I guess I'm just trying to make a point that I, I'm trying to make a point to myself to buy cards that I like. And I, I don't really have a need for a purple wave or orange cracked ice or pink fast break uh, or, or whatever. It's just not something that I care that much about holding in the long term. I, as I have less and less time to, to do these kinds of things, I'm, I'm thinking more and more about that, right? Like if I were to pack up all my cards and not get them out for 10 years or five years, like will I be happier with a with a card like the impeccable base or an immaculate or something like that, then a, you know, orange and yellow laser, right. Of the same player or a purple prism or, or whatever it is. I, I think, I, I think I probably would. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm looking for a way to play the game, right. Get into some of the players that I like on a budget for a card that I like, which I might be happy to hold. So because, because of this, I've been setting my eBay save searches for base impeccable, flawless, immaculate, noir, obsidian, right? Some of these more premium level um, sets where you can get non-autos, non-jerseys, again, I'm on a budget, of, say, Anthony Edwards and LaMelo and Tyrese Maxey, Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, John Morant, etc. And for, for a decent price, at a, at a rarity that I'm happy with, right? They're numbered to 99 or 75 or, or whatever. So far, I've gotten a, so far, I've gotten a couple of Bones Highlands, a couple of Jalen Suggs. Uh, and again, you know, Suggs especially was pretty cheap. He had a very rough rookie year. I went through that in, in some earlier episodes. I got them for a great price, I think. I got a couple of Jalen Greens, a Tyrese Maxey Immaculate Base, which is a beautiful card. I love that card. Uh, all for prices that I'm happy with. And again, you know, if I were to pack up all my stuff and not, not get them out for five or 10 years, like I feel pretty confident I'd be happier with these than some of the prism parallels with colors that don't really match any single team. Nonetheless, the players that, uh, the players that we're talking about, you know, as I talk about long-term strategies, the other, the other way to go, right. Is the full on goat strategy. Like I haven't done as much here. Uh, but my goal, my, my long-term goal is to get into a 1980 tops, Magic Bird, Dr. J at a decent to, to good grade. Like in my head, I guess the plan would be to maybe give to my pops uh, since Magic was his favorite player and with the hope that, you know, maybe it comes back to me down the road, a long time down the road. But uh, I'm really not much closer to getting getting there than, than I was, you know, six or seven weeks ago when I last uh, produced a podcast. So uh, some other things that I've done related to sports cards, uh, you know, I mentioned a few podcasts back that I, I think Brandon Ingram is kind of an under radar, under the radar buy. 
Like his stuff is certainly not dirt cheap, not to any extent, but I did pick up an Optic Hollow PSA 10 recently. And uh, also I've gotten a few other kind of low end cards from, or low to middle, mid, uh, mid range cards from guys that I would consider a guesses, like say Patrick Williams, um, you know, all on the pretty, pretty cheap. And then I even got a Jamal Murray, like Optic Hollow, again, pretty cheap. And all this, you know, goes back to some of my earlier episodes when I talk about, you know, Optic Hollow being potentially underpriced compared to say Silver Prisms. Um, and even, even things like Courtside Select and stuff like that as well. Also, I finally got around to listing a bunch of my stuff from my PC shelf, which I didn't think I would be super interested in holding long-term. Like for instance, I, I got a Trent Alexander Topps Chrome Rookie Refractor, which is the card that I, that I wanted for him. So I went ahead and listed the other cards of his that I had, and I'll just keep the one and I'll be happy with it. Um, earlier this summer, I was buying a lot of stuff to potentially resell, right? So really thinking about, you know, I guess it's kind of a flip, um, but flipping singles and trying to find under underpriced players, undervalued players. I, I think I'm probably shifting gears a little bit and trying to, or I'm at least planning right now to kind of sell in the run up to the season, right? In the next month or two, uh, rather than wait for the big game or the big news or the thing that I'm not sure that I'll be able to stay on top of quite as well as I, as I would have before. Uh, well, especially before my recent job change. And just try to move that money into fewer, more long-term plays, which is something you hear, you know, you're hearing a lot right now from most podcasts and sports cards people. So it's not like a new, a new strategy or anything like that. And maybe, maybe it's not even the way to go, right? If everybody's talking about doing it, maybe I should be zigging and, and going the other way, but I just don't have time to do the, to do the, you know, buy, buy a card for $5 and, and sell it for seven, right? And make a little bit on what? the 30 or 45 minutes it takes to get everything done, right? Research the card, sit on eBay or wherever you're going to buy it, purchase it, pay for it, uh, get it back, wait a little bit, list it at the right time, take the pictures, <laughs> ship. And all, all, the, all, the, all the time it takes to do that just is, isn't worth my time at the, at the moment for, the, for those type of cards. So I'm trying to think of other ways that I can uh, kind of attach the, attack this. So anyway, that, that's where I'm at with uh, some of the card stuff at the moment. The The other truth is I've been spending a lot of time, lots and lots of time. Any, most of my free time that I do get for hobby stuff has been spent on the VBA, which is the Virtual Basketball Association. I've talked about this also in previous episodes. It's a, um, right now it's a basketball simulation game. It's got a great community. I'm spending time on their Discord, you know, chatting with, with other uh, GMs and Basically playing every week against uh, against other other players using the NFTs, uh, which I own and have been buying and selling and and whatnot, uh, to try to win games. And it's been it's been a ton of fun. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, no doubt you've you've definitely seen some tweets about this. So if you want to check out the action at vbagame.com, like I'd be happy to help out if anyone wants to join up or has any questions. It's um, pretty easy to get started with, and if you if you're into you know simulation games, right, two K or uh, even fantasy basketball, and this is something that you're you might be interested in. Like I'm, I'm certainly happy to help out or or do whatever I can. 
Uh, also, I've been prepping for fantasy football, which used to be my number one hobby, bar none. Like, I lived for it. Every single year, I've got a keeper league that we've been running for about 20, 20 years now, and the draft is coming up in only a few days, and I am so far behind where I normally would be at this point. Uh, so <clears throat> that's been taking up a little bit of time. Also, jump back into Top Shot. There's uh, some locker room packs dropping today with Season 1. It's another another thing where I'm trying to kind of cull my collection a little bit. Um so anyway, I got lots of stuff going on and not nearly enough time for it all. Uh, so I, I guess I'll wrap this up here. Uh, some other things on the horizon, like I've been looking at different grading companies since there still is really no consensus on what is a gym mint, what is pristine, you know, it, is a nine and a half here the same as a 10 there? I think there's been a lot of work and there's a lot of kind of group think about what how we would value say a PSA 10 versus a BGS 9 like it's pretty easy to go go in and look and see what those uh values are from a from a sales perspective uh but i've been looking at you know how often are cards grading uh 9 and a half at BGS or or 9 and a half at SGC or 10 at SGC compared to a 10 at at PSA and so on so I've started putting some stuff together on that. I, I don't know where I'll go with it. Maybe uh, it'll, I'll turn it into enough to podcast about in a little bit. And I would love to go deep on on VBA if I if I thought people would listen. I've been spending, like I said, a lot of time on that. Also, very data focused and trying to figure out the best strategies to win. Right? It's just it's just a game that we're trying to learn, uh, trying to get over the learning curve and figure out what it takes to to win each game which is very very different like you certainly can't just roll out your starting five especially at higher levels and expect to win every game i've had some success i've had some some difficulty and i would love to kind of share that soon if i you know if i thought people would listen so anyway i'll like I already said, I'll wrap this up here, but I'll, but I'll wrap this up here for real. Like, it's great to do this again. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and just a side note real quick. My, my friend recently lost his dad in what can only be described as uh, like an, an absolute tragedy. I've been thinking a lot about that the last week. So my advice to you would be hug your loved ones, right? Make amends, show them that you love them. And uh, y'all have a great day. Thank you. All right, so a, a real quick addendum. It may have sounded like I was shitting on Prism. I, I am not. I'm not at all. Like I said, I've got many Prism cards and Prism silvers of cards of players that I like and that I want to keep, or you know, will look to to sell or flip or whatever. I'm just essentially taking my own experience and and I guess projecting that right out. <clears throat> my that experience is I, so I'm a Dirk. Dirk Nowitzki is my favorite player. I'm a Mavericks fan. I'm based, you know, around the around the DFW Metroplex. And one of the first cards that I bought, first cards that I bought when I got back into the hobby was a pink cracked ice Dirk Nowitzki, you know, base base card, right? Obviously, it's not his rookie or anything like that. Uh, it was cheap. It was a couple bucks, but I remember very vividly buying it. <clears throat> it sat on my shelf for a while. So I've got a shelf. I've got... I've got two shelves actually where I have uh, cards set up and displayed and it's very nice and looks pretty. The, the pink cracked ice sat on my sat on my shelf for about a week, right? Maybe even a couple of days. And I kind of, the more and more I looked at it, the more I'm like, well, I don't, this doesn't fit, right? Pink has nothing to do with any NBA team, certainly nothing to do with the Mavericks. Um, and same with purple and orange and so on. <clears throat> and 
I guess I'm just thinking like if I, a Dirk collector, and I'm, and I'm certainly not a completionist, right? I'm not trying to get every Dirk card or anything like that, but I, I do like Dirk. I've got dozens of cards up on my, on my shelf right now of, of him. And I keep looking at this one and it sticks out. It's like, I don't want this. <laughs> it doesn't fit in my, in my collection. Maybe for people who have much larger collections where they're trying to keep and hold and stuff, like it makes a lot of sense. But I, I think about myself as the potential end consumer for dirt cards, right? Like I'm a dirt collection collector. Um, and if that's not the kind of thing that I want in my collection, my guess is there are other collectors, right? The end collectors, not the, not the people who are going to buy it to potentially flip, but the person who might be actually interested in holding this for a while. If they're not going to be interested in that, like why, and I'm not interested in it, uh, it's probably not a place that I want to be focused on if I'm focused on more mid to long-term plays rather than short-term plays. Again, short-term, you know, I think it's fine. You buy it, flip it. Someone's going to be interested in it, especially while these rookies are young and they've got a couple of years to step up, you know, maybe make the all-star team or go deep in the playoffs or whatever. Like those things will still be in demand for sure. But if I'm trying to focus on cards that I might be interested in, like I said, five or 10 years down the road, if I were to pack up all my stuff and, you know, not get it out for five years, like, will I be happy with that? I don't know the answer. I, I just think the answer is probably no for me personally, but I'm certainly not like, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it or anything. It's just for, for my personal, like where I'm at with my card collecting and, and everything, the time that I have available to, uh, to work on it, like it's just not, just not, uh, just doesn't fit for, for me personally. So hopefully that was that was kind of taken in context. Uh, but if if not, there's some more context for you. That's kind of how I got to how I came to that conclusion for myself personally. Um, but anyway, thanks again. Have a good day.